Ladies and gentlemen, today is super special in the world of professional wrestling. Today is October 2nd, 2020, and we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite that debuted just one year ago. We are super happy for the company. I'll be talking about my favorite moments and every single notes that I have from the first ever AEW show all the way to currently now, and we will dissect AEW in full. However, October is also the one-year anniversary of the Square Circle Podcast. The Square Circle Podcast was born on October 19th. And as I'm going through my notebook, because I write everything down in a notebook, including all my notes for AEW, any notes in the past I had for NXT, any notes in the past I had for NWA to make this podcast possible. And this is the Square Circle Podcast creed, if you will, that I will share with you guys. This is a first. No other person has heard this creed before. Not even my once co-hosts that were on here, Geo, Epic, and Alpha Russ. No one knows about this. So this is an exclusive for you guys to hear and see how far I've come in my podcasting journey. So here it is. The Square Circle Podcast Creed. It was written on September 11th, 2019. I have talked much about a wrestling podcast. Never execute to plan and make one. Everyone has a podcast. Most are successful. Most aren't. I bring you a different wrestling podcast. Friends would join me whenever can and we'll break down the biz for you. We'll travel to events, discuss, give highlights, while our main focus is the Wednesday night wars between AEW and NXT. Independent shows will have a place on Square Circle Podcasts. The name Square Circle Podcast embraces the wrestling community. At the very core, Pro wrestling resonates with all. It teaches us to fight, to be brave, to be hopeful, to enjoy life because there's only one to live and we better live it to the fullest. I love professional wrestling. It would always be my first love. This podcast journey isn't going to be easy. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and let's start celebrating. October 2nd, the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite has many moments, incredible stories to talk about, and a huge journey from being a small, independent company that blew up overnight and definitely having the haters say that it will not last a whole year. Guess what, guys? All Elite Wrestling is here to stay, and they're only going to get bigger as time goes on. You do not have to pick sides in professional wrestling. You can watch it all. You can love it all. But please do not be stupid and attack other people for their opinions when they do not align with your opinions. Wrestling is wrestling. Wrestling unites us, and you know that. But it's way better to be negative than to be positive. Well, on the first ever episode of AEW Dynamite, it started off with a huge bang of competition and must-see action. Let's run down the match card for October 2nd, 2019. 
October 2nd, 2019 had Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. This was Sammy Guevara's first official time on national television. He the idea to fight Cody Rhodes, such a name in this business and this sport, was definitely the best thing for his career. He did not come out as the winner because Cody Rhodes picked up the victory in this match. However, it was a very hard-fought match, and it deserved what it was. And looking back at it, it just helped elevate the Sam and Guevara that we have currently now in AEW. Cody makes people look like a million bucks. He knows what he's doing, and he put the best on television at the start of it all. The next match I want to quickly discuss is Hangman Adam Page versus Pac. Pac, you are dearly missed here in the States and also on AEW programming. After this whole pandemic, I can't wait to see you back in the AEW ring to destroy everybody and create amazing stories. Hangman Adam Page was just coming off of a defeat from Chris Jericho. At the All In 2019 pay-per-view where Chris Jericho was crowned the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Unfortunately, Hangman Adam Page did not pick up the victory. Therefore, he's just fighting Pac in this match. This is when Hangman suffers his second loss with the company. Pac picks up the victory via submission. And I honestly think that eventually they should pick up their rivalry again so that way it can mean a little bit more and have a little more depth to it this was the start of hangman's slow spiral into what we get currently the next match on the card is mjf versus brandon cutler mjf is a megastar right now and i will go in depth into what mjf is currently doing on aw dynamite at the moment which I have some thoughts about that. But going back a year, he was definitely the guy that will break out from everybody else. And when you say MJF, people know who you're talking about. Unfortunately, this started the losing streak that Brendan Cutler currently has with the company. And unfortunately, Brendan Cutler lost this match and this started his losing streak that he currently has now. Next was the first ever women's match to crown the AEW Women's Champion. It was Riho versus Nyla Rose. Looking back at everything they've done with their women's division, for what it was, it was the right time to have that. However, they did crown Riho the first ever AEW Women's Champion, and I really wish they would have took that to the moon just because not everybody on the state side who are casual fans of professional wrestling does not understand the hype that Rio was getting and the love that Rio was getting while she was with the company before all this pandemic. There wasn't enough vignettes and thought behind the women's division when it started. You got the women, you got the matches. They were doing great. Sometimes you can tell it was off. And especially with especially with someone that has the eyes of the business 
can definitely tell that something was off in these matches. There wasn't a cohesiveness with the women's division from the start. The women's division should definitely be part of the center stage along with the men, but there needs to be certain steps taken so that way they can share the same spotlight as the men. If your women's division is not as strong as the men, then sometimes they take a backseat. Fundamentally, at the time that AEW hired all of their women wrestlers, it was fundamentally sound. It was great. You have the talent. You have the women wrestlers that would go above and beyond in their matches. However, what are you doing on the side of creativity? There wasn't much with the vignettes. There was, but just not enough. I want AEW to go back to its roots of utilizing their vignettes and their women to tell a story because they deserve it. Every single man on the roster, we know their history, their background. They do get some small vignette time. And even that's explosive in the storytelling. But sometimes the women don't get it as much. And if they just go back to basics, meaning a vignette, a snapshot of, for example, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. It was announced that both of them would be a team. Vicky would definitely be her manager. But where are the vignettes that hype up Nyla Rose to have me? I'm supposed to boo her because it's supposed to be a heel thing. But have me invested in the fact that she is called the Native Beast. She is definitely bigger than almost all the women on the roster. So that makes it that much dangerous. For her to be in the ring and be the monster that she's supposed to be. But there's no vignettes. There's no story buildup. And I just need Vicky to be there to be the voice of Nyla Rose. So that way I could be invested. And invested in why she wants to become two-time AEW World Women's Champion. Why she wants to take it away from Sheeta. Why is she better than Sheeta? And also the same thing for Sheeta. Sheeta should also have either her vignettes in her style that she feels comfortable in. So that way, even though if she feels her English is not as good as it should be, she should still have a vignette that is comfortable for her and for the fans. So that way we could be on Sheeta's side to continue to hold that championship. Stories can do a lot. And if AEW is going to implement a second show and a lot more shows and stuff, they're going to need a bigger team. And I am here to help out AEW and I would love to help out AEW and all of their programming just to make sure that these women get the voice that they deserve and the voice that should be put out onto the internet so that way the fans can fall in love with them. That way the fans can understand, okay, I know why I can cheer for her, boo for her. I like her story. I resonate with her story because of some past incidents. The same thing happened to me. You know, there has to be some type of connection there. And the only story... In the whole entire AEW roster 
is doing this is Hangman and Kenny. That story is the only story that's resonating with me because I understand both sides. Kenny Omega always wants to be a winner. Kenny Omega has amazing ability and he knows that he will be champion one day. He trusts the fact that he's so skilled in everything that he does that he doesn't have to worry. His confidence is above anything. Hangman Adam Page is the total opposite. Hangman Adam Page got his confidence crushed because many people have told him, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You sure you want to do that? He gets manipulated into thinking that he's not that good because no one really stood in his corner to cheer him on to say, dude, you're doing well. You're doing fine. Keep going. Stay the course. Stay the path. You'll be fine. You have FTR coming in, playing the mind games, telling him that the Young Bucks are going to take away your spot. If you allow the Young Bucks to be in that tag team match with you and he- with you and Kenny at All Out, you're going to be back where you started. And look at it now, a year later, through everything, and I'm including all the pay-per-views and all the stories, a year later, if Hangman did not interfere in that Gauntlet match, and if Hangman and Kenny would have lost the belts to the Young Bucks, Hangman Adam Page would have been right back where he started, where he failed, and where he lost all of his confidence in the beginning of the AEW brand. I did not mean to go on that tangent of talking about the women's division and also stories that I connect with, but you have to understand that I love AEW so much that I really want to help them out and make sure that the voices get pushed. Make sure that they're sending the right messages to the audience so that way the women aren't forgotten. I know they aren't. It's just a matter of prioritizing the stories and make it more tighter, make it more structured. You know, they have their team and I bet that every single EVP, including Brandy, even though Brandy is not an EVP, but she is the chief brand officer. I know each and every one of them is probably exhausted and tired. So why would you want to deal with more stuff, meaning the women's stuff, when you're already exhausted and tired and you might accidentally book something that shouldn't be booked? You might accidentally tell them to do something that they shouldn't be doing or just tell them something that is wrong for their character. I'm not saying that they will. It's just a possibility when you're exhausted and you have to do over duty, you have no one else to fall back to help you with that. Well, I'm available. I'm Marie Shadows. And I would like to be that person that the women can rely on if the EVPs with Tony Khan and Brandy are so exhausted with everything else they have to do on their plate. I could be that person for the women to come to to make sure that their stories are being heard, to make sure that their ring gear and their music match with the character that they create. Hear them out on whatever is bothering them. Make sure that their goals are aligned and make sure that we're working on their weaknesses and improving their strengths. So I don't know what position that would be for me in the world of AEW is not like how I applied for WWE and got into WWE and then they never wanted me after that but 
it's a little bit different when it comes to AEW. I understand they want a tight-knit family, but sometimes when you're overworked, you're overstressed, you need to branch out and have some type of board. It doesn't have to be 100 people. It doesn't have to be WWE sides. All it has to be is probably a couple of people who are invested in these wrestlers and help them out because someone like me has been on the indies and heard behind the scenes and sometimes wrestlers don't know how to pitch their stories. Sometimes wrestlers don't know if their stories are a good idea and somebody might say yes, somebody might say no. But the biggest thing to have is someone to push them when everyone else is tired. If that makes any sense. And once again, this is not supposed to be a huge rant. This is supposed to be focusing on AW Dynamite and also my podcast. But this is currently not scripted. I'm talking directly from the heart because today is a very special day. Today is a special day. And I love AW so much. I love these guys. I met them all way before AW was constructed. I met them at the big event. And this was after WWE Let Me Go. So the big event here in New York City was November 2018. I got released from WWE in October of 2018. And meeting Nick and Matt, telling them my WWE story and letting them know that the book bag that has the Elite on it with their name with Kenny Omega that I brought that book bag with me every single day for the three months I was there to WWE. And then also defended the Young Bucks at WWE too, which WWE didn't like. And just defending professional wrestling in general, you know? And then moving on to meet Cody Rhodes and asking him, how do I stay relevant in the world of professional wrestling? Because I want to be a writer. And he told me that just continue to show your face. And that's what I was doing. And then we come to this pandemic. And then now I have to make a podcast and you guys listen to my voice. And I've been so fortunate to be on other people's podcasts to tell my story and want to get to my goal. My goal of AEW, All Elite Wrestling. That is my new goal, to get to AEW, to help them out, to be part of the team. So that way, like I said, when these guys are stressed out, I'm there. I'm fresh. You guys can tag me in. It'll be a tag team. This episode is definitely my heart on my sleeve, and that is what I wanted to put out there, and you can just hear the passion in my voice while I do this. I will say, though, that after I met with Cody Rhodes and asked him how to stay relevant in the business, I did get to meet Kenny Omega, and he was super stressed out. Kenny Omega is by far one of the most requested signings ever, and his line wrapped around for a good while, so I had to stay there, but eventually when I met him, he signed the Funko Pop that I have, and I just asked him for a hug, and I got to hug Kenny Omega, and that's like my highlight, but truly, Kenny Omega is my number one, aside from Ric Flair, so... If you guys ever want to know, like, my top five or whatever, just let me know. Uh, ask me over on Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows. You can do that there. Now, getting back to the first ever AEW Dynamite show. After that women's match comes the John Moxley appearance. 
but let me not spoil that yet, even though you guys probably already watched it. We get the first ever six-man tag match. This was when the inner circle was starting to form. You have Chris Jericho, the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion, with Santana and Ortiz taking on the Elite. The Elite being Kenny Omega, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson. This match was super explosive. The Elite always works well together. They've been a trio tag team for the past 10 years and beyond, ever since New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it has done wonders for their careers. They are still killing the business. As for Santana and Ortiz, they've been a tag team for years as well, and they also mastered the art of the tag team wrestling. Chris Jericho will be celebrating 30 years of being a wrestler in this business come next Wednesday. Chris Jericho will be celebrating 30 years in this business October 7th. Ladies and gentlemen of the wrestling community and wrestling Twitter, just tune in for a night of AEW wrestling and just sing along to Jericho's theme song, Judas. I know I will. I know lots of other friends and fans will as well. Jericho is definitely the GOAT. He is still going strong, 30 years in the business. and. This guy could do it all. So I trust Chris Jericho's judgment in the things that he does. Sometimes it's questionable because it's somewhat comedic, but it works. And I'm like, Jericho, you're amazing. Anyway, unfortunately, that six-man tag match had Chris Jericho, Santana, Ortiz defeating the Elite. And at the end of that match, that is when John Moxley makes his first ever appearance on AEW Dynamite. It was a amazing debut. Could not have done it better. And definitely taking out the biggest person there, Kenny Omega, the biggest superstar. That was the right way to go. Even though I felt like their rivalry was rushed. I appreciated the rivalry because it showed a different side of John Moxley. I totally want to say this, and I agree that WWE did not let John Moxley shine to the best of his ability. While John Moxley was in WWE under the name of Dean Ambrose, I did not understand the appeal of Dean Ambrose in WWE. But now that John Moxley is John Moxley, I appreciate this guy's work ethic in this business. I appreciate the stories that he tells in the ring, and I appreciate that he can adapt to any style thrown at him in the ring. His promos, depending on his level of intensity and his level of what he's feeling, depending on his levels when he cuts promos, makes a difference for me in terms of whether he does good promos or bad promos. But I could definitely tell you that he hasn't had a bad promo yet. It's just that most promos that I've heard him do does not connect with me during his AW run until recently where they were like super good. And I'm like, good job, man. But sometimes it's just like, okay, cool. You know, he's cutting a promo. But other than that, I love watching him wrestle. If you give him a wrestler that has a different fighting style than he does he adapts and that's what I really appreciate 
about John Moxley is his ability to adapt in the ring, his ability to adapt to a storyline in the ring, meaning choosing the moves that he uses to tell a story in the ring as well. And not only through promos, but also that he could fight outside the ring. He could fight inside the ring. He could do chain wrestling with you. He could brawl with you. He can inflict violence on you and become a death match. He's the only wrestler that I've known that can switch it up as smoothly as he does. Kenny Omega could do the same thing too, but we all know through and through that Kenny Omega is a all-round wrestler in the ring. When it comes to outside and violence, yeah, he could do it if need be, but at Kenny Omega's core, it's an all-round professional wrestler in the ring giving beautiful stories and anything else he wants to include in that. So that was the whole entire quick review of AW Dynamite, the first episode, talking about it from last year. And does it compare to now? Now the production of AEW has become a lot more cohesive. It feels better. It feels like every single episode is must-see. It started from the first episode and definitely to current episodes. It's definitely must-see no matter what. I have saw every single AEW Dynamite episode. I wrote it down in my notebook. So I have the notes. But does it hold up? Hell yeah, it holds up. So now I'm going to reveal my process on how I do the Square Circle podcast and let you in on just some stuff. We're talking casually here, guys. This is not a serious podcast. I would not be breaking down the moves and stuff like I usually do in my other podcasts. This is a celebration of hard work from both All Elite Wrestling and also from me. So I use notebooks. I have a specific type of notebook. I always go towards the Insights notebook where they have cool designs of Marvel characters, DC characters, gaming, pop culture, anything of that sort. So I have a plethora of notebooks. And then sometimes I like heading into Barnes and Nobles to also buy some notebooks there. Being a writer, it is very crucial that I have a notebook, a pen, or a pencil with me at all times, just in case if an idea strikes me or I want to start writing something, I have something there. I would occasionally use my phone, but lately the designs on the phones have not been particularly nice for me to definitely just start typing away. I have a Samsung phone that I'm ready to get rid of and get a LG phone. LG phones are life and they are the way to go. So yes, I am an Android user. I am not an iPhone user. I will not go back to Apple at all just because I find Android to be a lot more easier. So the notebook that I have is a Poison Ivy notebook that is filled to the brim of past ideas that I wanted to do for the Square Circle podcast try to motivate myself to interview people for the Square Circle podcast. The Square Circle podcast was going to have a little bit of interviewing people, meaning indie wrestlers from the New York, New Jersey area, and also the companies that I go to in the New York, New Jersey area, and just all around other interviews. I have a couple interviews up on the Square Circle podcast that feature the one and only my client who never played WWF No Mercy, JD Alpha. The master of the chancleta, 
Matt Awesome, and then also Lorna, who wrote a book all about finding your confidence, finding your brand, how to work your brand. And some ideas that she had in her book was very helpful towards all the athletes and professional wrestlers that I know that could definitely take some cue from her. For example, she has a section on making content. And sometimes independent wrestlers don't make enough content for the world to remember who they are. Wrestling Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. If you make content, please put it on those platforms. Make yourself a Patreon. Do exclusive content for your fans. The more content that you put out there, the more that you'll get over. And then you can show your ability in the ring and how to be part of a team and how to be creative and all that. When you get into professional wrestling, it's not only just about the moves. It's about everything. It's like if you audition for a play a spot in a play that somebody wrote, you should have some type of creative soul within your body to deliver that character to the fullest and not half-ass anything. Because the moment that you half-ass, people can see right through it and call you bullshit and you don't want that. Then you got to start from the bottom to gain people's trust. If you start early enough with good content, tell people what you want to do your goals, your expectations, your strengths, your weaknesses, people will follow along and you'll get a gathering. And that's how it works. The more content you put out, the more you get talked about, the more you get booked. And therefore, you should just go on a really huge journey and have fun and also be safe in the world of professional wrestling. So that is what the Square Circle Podcast was supposed to be about. I'm all about creativity. I honestly want this podcast to succeed and it has done better than my expectations. The Square Circle podcast was mainly brought together because I got upset at the main event of Hell in a Cell October 19th, 2019 and said, fuck it, let's have a podcast and let's talk about professional wrestling. And this has been a very great therapy session. And I've noticed my confidence has gone up a little bit more and I don't care what people think. And I'm just me. I'm being me. I'm telling you guys honest opinions about matches and how they should go and what should be fixed, what shouldn't be fixed, and everything that I know about the business. This is life for me. I will say that I just turned to a random page in my notebook where it says the goal for 2020 is to write, edit, and publish a book. That book is called Rookie. It is a murder mystery wrestling novel. And it was gaining some traction. People were interested. And I think people are still interested. The market for writing a wrestling novel is not saturated. So maybe one day I can become a millionaire when I publish mine. And what I'm doing currently is revamping a little bit of the story so I can have a roadmap that makes sense. Because I don't want to write a bunch of chapters. And then when I have to go back and edit the draft there's something wrong there. So I definitely do need to buckle down and get a roadmap going so that way all the chapters could be completed. You guys could definitely read it. And that's the reason why I created my Patreon is to support the book. It takes a lot of effort and time and energy to write a novel. It is not easy like everyone tells you that it is. I would love some support and a support group And that's the reason why I created the Patreon for that. 
while I write my novel in the back, you guys could definitely listen to my podcast episodes all about AEW, now Impact, and anything else I want to talk about, any other wrestling spotlight that I want to give appreciation to, and they will be called Snapshots. So that might be a lot of information to take in. So let me reel that back. So Rookie is a murder mystery wrestling novel that follows the protagonist, Zemi DeMarks, on his journey from independence to stardom. Along the way, he'll have his love interest at his side, Lexi Loveheart, and he will be trying to answer the one question of, did his father disappear or died in the wrestling business? That is the main idea of the story, and I hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, head over to patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP, where that Patreon, again, is getting revamped to have more tiers, to make it a little more lively. All I need is your input. That's all I need. So if you ever see me on Twitter, at Maria underscore shadows, throw me a DM, throw me a reply, let me know that you're interested in this, and the support system can definitely start blooming. So the last page in my notebook of notes is AW Dark that debuted on May 12, 2020. That ends my notebook of the Poison Ivy notebook that did so well to hold every single thing that I ever wrote in it. So it includes not only AW Dark, AW Dynamite, some WWE Raw programming because I used to talk about WWE on the Square Circle podcast before I just dropped them completely just because it's not the same anymore and it doesn't look like they're taking strides to improve. They're trying, but they're doing the same old tactics as if it was like 1990. And it's like, no guys, you need to really reinvest in your wrestlers, and everything that you do to make it feel better. They were starting really good now, but I'm not going to cover WWE on my my podcast. It does have BTE 200, which I thoroughly enjoyed that episode, BTE 200. It also has the pay-per-views and also the article I wrote for Sportskeeda one time, which I will be putting back out on the internet via the Patreon. That'll be a free read. But the article was about Lance Archer when he made his AEW debut on April 1st, 2020, and all of his three matches, and when he was fighting with Cody Rhodes. It was just a prep for Cody Rhodes to read about to get ready for Lance Archer when he came in. I have some other articles that I want to put up on my Patreon as well. I've been writing about professional wrestling for a long time, and I have some really old, old articles from back in the day when I used to write about NXT when Kevin Owens was there. So I'm looking back through my archives, and I would definitely love to share that with you guys all over social media so that way you know that my passion for professional wrestling is not fake. It's not a gimmick. I truly love professional wrestling. I truly love helping behind the scenes. My perspective is different from everyone else. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm definitely unapologetic with some stuff that I say. 
And that's just because sometimes you have to kick life in the ass to get things moving. I have been very honored to meet a bunch of characters along the way. And I would not be as successful as I am with, without them. And also without the listeners and the fans that come from all around the world to listen to my podcast via Anchor. And I really do thank you for that. This is a celebration podcast. AEW has been great. The Square Circle podcast has been great. It's a good thing that I had started this podcast because I thought it was never going to get off the ground with the original people that I was talking about this with. And luckily, I decided to do it on my own and start it, had some people, and then continue to do it. And it's been a very, very fun adventure. Now, very quickly, after the Poison Ivy notebook got completely filled with notes upon notes of all elite wrestling, I bought a new book. It is a Halo edition journal, which is from Insights. And that is getting filled up kind of quickly. And I don't have that much pages left. So if any of my fans out there ever want to send me a notebook, you guys are more than welcome. Again, make sure to DM me on social media to ask all the questions and we'll see what happens. But in the future, if I ever get somewhat semi-famous, if you buy me a notebook, that's all I would ever ask for. But yes, I used to play Halo. I still play Halo. Halo is a very good game and I know that Adam Cole plays it. If you guys haven't, go check out his Twitch account over at thechugs.tv. Yeah, I was watching his stream yesterday, so I'll put that little plug in just because. Anyway, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, and I can't wait for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have a plethora of video games and also consoles, you know, together with me and my boyfriend. But I do play video games, if you guys want to know. So I decided to use the Halo notebook that I have to record all of my thoughts of AW programming. That means AW Dynamite, Dark, the pay-per-views. And now Impact Wrestling has joined the Halo notebook in the world of professional wrestling notes. So that way when I record my podcast via Audacity and then edit them in Fomora, you guys get to hear them every single time I put them out on Anchor and also on the Patreon site as well. This also keeps in all of the deep dives that I do for the wrestlers. There are no goals in this book at all. It is just strictly wrestling after wrestling after wrestling, breaking down the matches, recording the movesets that some of the wrestlers do, and I want to talk about it. And tell you the meaning behind why they do certain moves and how those moves affect the opponent and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love breaking down the psychology of the matches. And I love breaking down the psychology of the overall storytelling ability that these guys put out. Like I said, it's a lifestyle. It's something that I love. It's something that I know at the back of my hand. Any other sport you tell me to do won't work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is enough celebration for this amazing podcast. I 
I read the Square Circle podcast creed slash statement. That is an exclusive. No one has ever heard that before. So you guys get it here exclusively. I talked about the first ever episode and the matches. I might have missed a lot more matches, but either way, I broke it down, gave you my thoughts, and I went on a rant of the women's division and what it needs to survive and thrive in all elite wrestling going forward. And also why I'm so invested in Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega story like none before and how they should use that to capitalize on how to make the women's division better. And use the feeling that you get from watching that story unfold between Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega to make the women's division feel just the same. We all watch professional wrestling because it brings out a feeling that we have within us and we could relate to almost every single person in the world because at one point or another, you and someone else did something stupid And you're like, yes, that's never going to happen to me again. You know, you share the same experiences sometimes with somebody else, or you might learn something new from somebody else. So I'm just saying that when you have something good going, first of all, don't break it, don't kill it, don't change it, go with it, and also apply that to anything else you're working on within the business. So right now, I'm going to say that Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega is the highest form of storytelling I've ever seen that I'm so attracted to and invested in and want to talk about it daily because there's so many twists and turns that those little tiny aspects can help the women's division be as great as that story. It just takes planning, it takes structure, and it definitely takes a roadmap. And again, I'm Marie Shadows. I'm totally free to help out with that just because everyone else is stressed in AEW. While AEW is celebrating a wonderful year of great product, great television, great wrestling, it's not perfect. And I don't ever want the company to be perfect. The moment that the company is 100% perfect, you know something's wrong inside and that's when we're going to lose it. The more flaws you show, the more human the program becomes and the better attraction for the audience will be drawn to it. That is probably the worst way to put it, but you get the idea. The more flaws a person has, the more you want to become friends with them and try to figure out who they are and understand their perspective. That's what AEW does. AEW wears their heart on their sleeve every single time They go out there and they give us the best product possible. Even if they don't prioritize the women, the women are still there. They still somehow get TV time. If no women show up on AEW Dynamite, then that's a problem. But it's not a problem even if a little bit shows up or they're in the crowd and they get some camera time. That's still a win. And I'm looking towards the positives of the AEW Women's Division. And I would definitely love to be part of the team. All I need is Tony Khan to slide into my DMs and we could talk about it for a potential employment. 
And yes, I am shooting my shot here. Yes, it may sound desperate to those listening on the other side, but when you truly love something and you love professional wrestling and you review it and you've been through the ringer and you've been ring crew, you accomplish a seven-year-old dream of working for WWE and you're invested in yourself and you know what you're talking about and you're confident in what you're talking about and I'm talking about me, I truly love this fucking business inside and out. I have never been more clear in what I want to do and my goal is for working with AEW. And I had that go ever since WWE let me go because my creativity, my ideas did not line up with WWE at all. You cannot tell WWE that one of their stories in NXT sucked and that it bored you to death because then they're going to be like, she does not drink the Kool-Aid and I would not drink the WWE Kool-Aid if you decide to defend the Young Bucks. And why they used the too sweet sign. No, they did not steal it. Kevin Nash gave his blessing to use that sign. And therefore they did. The Young Bucks at the time were a bunch of kids who loved to imitate professional wrestling because they loved it wholeheartedly. The same way that I love it wholeheartedly. But the elitists in WWE did not like the fact that I would defend the Young Bucks. That I would not. They did not like that I defended the Young Bucks and called a NXT storyline boring. If you can't evolve with the times and try to understand why someone would find it boring and not make exciting matchups, then your company is going to go around in circles and circles and circles and only still have the same mindless sheep watching. AEW does not insult your intelligence. AEW sometimes holds your hands to some stuff, and then sometimes they give you surprises, and they give you nonstop action, and they give you a sense of family. And that's what I truly want. A sense of family where if you have an opinion, you can at least talk about it. And if you have an idea, they would at least try it. If it doesn't work, if there's nothing going forward, you could definitely drop it or maybe come back to it later to where you're mature enough to be like, okay, I can see the end of the road. Let's try this story that we dropped six months ago. Let's try it again. They're all about trying. They're all about pleasing the fans. And sometimes the fans could be a little rowdy with what they want overnight, but it just can't happen. But that's all I want to do. That is my next step. There is no position currently on AEW where I could apply to to be part of that team. So this is the only way that I can try to get my voice out there. I keep reviewing AEW. I keep reviewing Impact. And I am so fortunate to do this because I love doing it. And all I want to do is just teach others that professional wrestling is more than just this guy is hot, that girl is hot. Professional wrestling unites all of us. And there is always a creative within us that's just waiting to explode and show itself. But the world has deemed creativity not important. And I rather do this full-time, talk to you about professional wrestling, be on other people's podcasts, talking about professional wrestling, and definitely being a voice for the women because sometimes it's hard to break through 
every single obstacle that has ever been given to us. I do not ask for handouts. I do everything on my own. The podcast is on my own. The thumbnails are on my own. The editing is on my own. The social media posts that I do is on my own. Everything is on my own. I have great help from amazing people on Twitter. And I thank them each and every time that I get a chance to thank them. They are just a guiding force while I drive the ship of my show the same way that AEW does. They have a guiding force, but each and every single one of them that puts in the hard work, they definitely drive their own ship. And that's when you realize your goals and their goals and their creativity and your creativity line up. I am proud to say that I am with AEW. I am proud that All Elite Wrestling is currently in the wrestling business and is in our wrestling lives because I do not know if I would still be in love with professional wrestling if I had to sit through agonizing WWE program. It just doesn't feel the same and it's the same old shit with WWE and it's always something new with AEW. And I did not want to make this podcast about WWE versus AEW, but you get the contrast. And I hope that when you listen to this full podcast, that you understand why I do this. I do this because I love it. And that's the simple answer. But I do it to educate the fans. I do it because I have a purpose in professional wrestling. And that's just to help out people. That may not be a strong position, let's say, in the world of corporate. But we'll figure out something. We'll find something. And I'm going to end it there before I go into more rants and more emotion than I have already. I just hope that one day I will get Tony Khan to slide into my DMs only because I can't contact him. But thank you for liking that tweet where I said that Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen is pay-per-view worthy and a great opener to AEW Dynamite this past week. Thank you for liking my tweet, Tony Khan, and thank you for creating AEW Wrestling and obviously Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Brandy. Thank you guys for going through and taking a risk to create All Elite Wrestling, the best wrestling show on this planet. Thank you guys for one year of AEW Dynamite, and it's been a hell of a ride, and I have all the notes for it, and I will not ask for anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the Square Circle Podcast celebration review of AEW Dynamite's one-year anniversary, and also revealing what I do behind the scenes and how the Square Circle Podcast got created and the Square Circle Podcast creed and statement because October is also the birth month of the Square Circle Podcast. So both AEW Dynamite and the Square Circle Podcast is celebrating one year old, and I will see you guys in the next episode.